Welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Michael Fall, welcome to Unbroken. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the invite, Alexander. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you again, too. Um, So let's begin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to find the three principles? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, okay. We'll do the background really quick. I am a uh, professionally certified coach through the International Coaching Federation. I'm also a... uh, uh, 3P coach through the um, 3PGC, 3PGC. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of children, one boy, one girl, a great relationship. Um, that's kind of the, uh, the not so exciting stuff, but very exciting to me. Um, how I came to the three principles is, uh, is an interesting story. Um what happened was uh, I, I was at the lowest point I've ever been in my life when I came across the principles. Um, I had a relationship that was falling apart. I had a business that um, was trending away from me. And, uh, and I was, uh, I was spending a lot of time abusing my body with drugs and alcohol is sort of the truth of this. Um, it still amazes me to this day um, how evident our resilience is that, that I could have been so abusive to myself and still ran a business and raised two amazing children, but the tertiary story. So how I came to the principles was um, I used to own a gym and one night, uh, I think it was September 18th, 2015, I got an email. It was actually a Facebook message from uh, from a young man who I knew from the neighborhood who I'd trained in my gym for a long time, always for free, neighborhood kid, didn't matter. And he sent me this sort of rather cryptic message saying, so I think you might like this. This will be sort of as payment for all of those years you trained me for free at the gym. I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. I, I like the kid. Is it, this is cool. I shouldn't say he's a kid. This is cool. And uh, what he sent me was uh, was three of Sidney Banks' recordings. Mm. He sent me um, the Long Beach lectures, the Washington lectures, and for some reason the other one escapes me now. But it, but and then a couple of book recommendations. Uh, a few days later, actually, a uh, Michael Neal's one of Michael Neal's books showed up on my doorstep from him as well, and one of Jack Pransky's books. Anyway. Um, so for whatever reason, uh, I was at home alone, sober, and uh, I was listening to the Long Beach lectures. And and that's misleading uh, because I was five minutes into the Long Beach lectures when everything changed. And 
you know, that language gets used somewhat regularly, you know, everything changed, but everything stayed the same. Well, everything changed, nothing stayed the same. <laughs> and yet everything stayed the same. So um, what's funny about it is I, I've gone over the Long Beach lectures, I don't know how many times uh, since then, you know, in the, in the eight years, there's nothing in the first five minutes. And there's nothing there where it's like, oh my God, that was so profound. But there was something that I heard within the first minutes of of this audio that um, that had me crying and laughing. I, 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 my suspicion is had someone been witnessing what was occurring for me, it wouldn't have been too much of a stretch to be describing it as a psychotic break of some kind, <laughs> maybe on the lower end, you know, bell curving that. But yeah, so, so it was a fluke. Um, you know, I've always been interested i mean as long as i can remember and through my family as well this exploration in the direction of <clears throat> what more is out there has always intrigued me and then you know one of my coping mechanisms again without too much detail led me away from that exploration for quite a few decades um and then yeah it's it's all of a sudden things changed and what i heard <laughs> and we got the disclaimer out of the way early what i heard in that moment was holy bleep i've been making it all up mm. that's that i remember so clearly sitting in my bed or lying in my bed just sobbing and laugh like maniacally and what ran through my head in that split second was I've been making it up and the world changed. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I could go on about this, but so I have this sort of articulation of it that, or, or, or a view of my life now that is sort of my life before <laughs> and my life after. And, Without being overly dramatic about it, um, I feel fairly comfortable saying that if whatever happened doesn't happen, I don't, at the very least, I don't find the relationship that I have now with Julie, whom you met. Um, my guess is, you know, my son ha shortly after that came to live with me full time. My guess is that if this occurrence, if, if this, I don't know what the language is for what I experienced, but if that doesn't happen, we're not having this conversation. Mm. A, a lot of things were trending, not in a good direction at that point. So yeah, it was um, mind blowing how significantly um and how effortlessly and easily everything can just suddenly be different than how you've known it. Um, one of the, uh, this might be moving away from the question a little bit, but it probably bears saying um, in the aftermath of the experience, <laughs> which lasted for ages, I, I was on a high for like eight months. It was wonderful. Wow. But yeah, 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 it was significant. But one of the interesting things to be confronted with was the truth of the creation of my own victimhood. Mm. 
right? All of a sudden I had to confront the fact and I, and I won't say it as a large F fact, but as a fact for me that, you know, I've been making it up and what does that actually mean? Oh my God. It means that the suffering that I've been enduring, I made up and coming to terms with that afterwards was a really steep sort of learning curve, if you will. Right. Like to, to, to come to a place where I saw with absolute clarity that it wasn't, you know, my relationship or it wasn't my dad or it wasn't the money in the bank. Like it wasn't all of these things that I have habitually looked towards for my experience to be now suddenly confronted with the fact that, Oh my God, it has nothing to do with out there. And in fact, the way it looks out there has everything to do with how it looks in here. (laughs) So, so putting these pieces sort of together afterwards uh, was really interesting. And of course led to, uh, and I, and I suspect this is with many people who have uh, an awakening of some kind is you double down on it. So for me, that doubling down meant let's read everything I can. Let's talk to everything, everyone I can let's interview all of the, you know, and uh, so that intellectual pursuit <laughs> is actually not helpful. So for anyone out there listening to this around the 3P world, um, you've got it already. You don't need to chase it. And in fact, chasing it will keep it at arm's length from you. So save yourself the trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of how I came to it, I guess, you know. Yeah. And so a slight digression here then. Yeah. One of the things we talk about a lot on this show and that I talk about in my work is unwanted habits. So mm. how did that experience affect your unwanted habits with drugs and alcohol? Yeah, um, it, it transformed them. Um, really, it, it, is it, it? I I went from, um, you know, my my escaping <clears throat> through drugs and alcohol started, if I'm being honest, probably at the age of 15, at the very latest by 18. So it's decades worth, and um, it stopped. I went from being an addict to not being an addict, like. You know, yeah. and that's not to say that I don't drink. I still do occasionally drink, um, but my relationship with drugs and alcohol just it just changed. So I, I can very comfortably say that the biggest transition, the, the 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 switch was just, oh my god, I'm no longer an addict. Mm. So that's pretty cool, and it's and it's pretty cool that it can happen without all the effort that it's supposed to take. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say supposed to take, but that. Mm, society kind of suggests that it's hard work mm-hmm. that you got to work at these things that you want to change or or to 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 move away move towards what's wanted from what is unwanted is somehow effort and and one of the big learnings for me um, particularly with the addiction piece is that no it doesn't have to be effort yeah mm-hmm. so, oh that's great i love that yeah there, there's there's an effortlessness that um, I think is sort of um, inherent in life and innate to us that once we clue into a little bit um, really makes life really opens up the potential to life to be quite enjoyable most of the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> if not really enjoyable all of the time, but you know, yes. we, 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 we remember and forget. Right. Right, exactly. Well, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because of a Facebook post that you (laughs) made recently. 
And you talked about living the life we love and loving the life we live. So can you yeah. tell us a bit about that? Muddy waters to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, as I was sort of reflecting on our conversation, I, I realized that a lot of what I wrote was just, it just came in inspiration. It's mm. not necessarily something I've thought about. So I had to go back to the post. And right. like, okay, what did I actually say here? Um, so... Yeah, living the life we love and loving the life we live. Um, it speaks. Um, it speaks for me to a harmony. It, it 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 it's. It speaks to a harmony. It speaks to. <clears throat> of accepting uh, of an acceptance of oneself in one's totality not just as an individual but as a participant in life but also as life so living the life we love loving the life we live is like i think for me it stems from the realization, at least for me, that all I desire is to be happy. I, I just desire to be satisfied. Uh, and those are not the best of synonyms, but I mean them synonymously. So there's something about there, something in acceptance of who you are, your role in life, uh, accepting your warts, right? Um, I mean, we all get angry. We all say dumb things sometimes and there's something about loving the life you live living the life you love that allows one to have characteristics within oneself that we don't necessarily like might not choose to live from there but being okay with the fact that we are also that and not having to do anything about them and that's not an excuse to be an a-hole it's just that that is, there's an, it's, there's something encompassing about that, that quote from Muddy. Um, so yeah, it, it's like, and I think the other thing, the other big piece of that, um, for me anyway, is again, back to this idea that we're the creators, right? So living the life we love, loving the life we live is something that we're responsible for. And, and maybe responsible isn't quite right. We're the creators of that possibility. You know, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And, uh, you know, I've read the, I've read the post a few times now in anticipation of it. And, and, and I think it's still a work in progress is the absolute truth for me of what that really means. It flowed through me and I'm still not a hundred percent sure what it means, but mm -hmm. there was something, something that, um, there was something that felt like, Yes, of course, this is the way it should be. Yes, of course, this is what we all aspire to. Um, there's probably an undercurrent of celebrating the fact that you're here. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay, I'm here. That's, that's pretty big. And if I can realize that I'm here, that's a pretty cool thing to celebrate. So you're halfway to living a life you love already just in your acceptance of being here. And maybe that's part of accepting yourself in your entirety. You know, that you're not trying to work on something or trying to deny an aspect of you. So I don't know. That's a lot of words there, <laughs> Alexandra. As you can see, I'm still working on it a little bit, but. 
Yeah, well, we can, let's explore it a little bit further than maybe yeah. I, I, you connected to this and I did too, that it's, it's kind of the opposite of victimhood. You didn't say it that way just now, but, yeah. but, but that's what struck me as well. And so yeah. maybe, maybe let's look at what, if someone's having a circumstance in their life that they don't like, um, you know, how could they, you talked in the post too about leaning into life. So how, mm-hmm. how can we lean in when, when things are looking like we don't want them to look? Yeah, that's a good question, right? How can we do it when things are not how we want them to be? Cause it's easy to lean in when things are good. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's, there's another piece that I'll, well, I'll just start with this. We'll see what happens. Um, there's something in that quote that to me speaks of, um, being completely satisfied and eager for more. Mm. So leaning into life again, uh, embracing, embracing all that is, but, but there's something more nuanced there. It's about embracing what is minus your story that you're making up. Um, so fully accepting your, your, your existence and partnership with life, right? Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you do? How do you lean in when things aren't going well? That's a good question. Um, and, and I would say the trap of that is trying to do something <laughs> in order to, right? So I don't feel good in this particular moment. Of course, our natural desire is to do something about it. We typically approach that from an intellectual perspective of solving for a problem. Well, I will say from my own experience, once we understand that we're making up the problem, it's a lot easier to lean into it. There's less to do then, right? Um, but I, I think I think the way to begin, and I like how you asked about unwanted, the way to lean towards what is wanted um, has to not has to, but begins with being gentle with oneself. Mm-hmm. So there's something. So when I'm feeling off or away from home or out of center, or out of alignment, whatever language we want to use there, what is incredibly helpful to lean into is twofold. A, the understanding that I am creating that experience and accepting that, okay, I'm doing this. That's a challenging one at times. And then allowing some gentleness there. So not being too hard on myself when things aren't looking how I want them to look, which happens. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that the the first step, I, I think, is is to step back from the desire to get in there and meddle to try to make it the way you want it to be. And, you know, we spoke about Michael Neal before we started. He's got a, you know, he talks about it holding a beach ball underwater. Right. So it takes effort to hold a beach ball underwater and, and we'll experience resistance. And the more, the bigger the ball, the deeper we hold it, the harder it is to hold it there. So what do we have to do to get back to center, to let the ball float is we have to let go. Mm. And I think the, at least from my experience, trusting that letting go was all you needed to do took some time. Mm-hmm. It took practice. I, I mean, okay, I hate to say that, in, especially in the 3P world. I don't mean practice. It took the creation of new habits. It took an intention. It took, 
it took attention to, okay, how do I feel right now? This doesn't feel how I want to feel. Okay, what do I got to do about it? You know, the old default to panic or worse, blame everything around you. Yeah. Well, if I can, if I can just solve externally, everything will be fine. And the, yeah, I, you know, what do you do? I mean, the short answer is nothing. <laughs> right? Right. The short answer is nothing. What do you? I mean, anything you try and do is going to likely have the opposite effect. Although, in a in a superficial way, it might look like moving the blocks externally is going to make a difference. But uh, so I think I think leaning into life is, you know, words like trust come up, words like harmony come up, words like appreciation come up, acceptance, stuff like that. L- allowing comes up. Um, and, and, and yeah, gentleness, like we all have, all of us have years of experience with things working out, even at their worst, even at the very worst of, of my experience in my life, I can point to things working out. So we have evidence within our own lives that things work out, work out when we sort of take our foot off the accelerator a little bit, when we stop trying to do it all. Now that's hard to remember <laughs> when things aren't going well, that what you really need to do is step away from it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a practical piece of advice um, and this is a bit of a segue, but I keep an appreciation journal. So I, I'm a coach and I, and I keep an appreciation journal of all of the testimonials I've ever gotten. Mm. And recently I was kind of like, oh man, I don't know. Like I'm terrible at this. And my wife looked at me and she, Julie looked at me and she said, have you looked at your appreciation journal recently? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something about being able to, in times of crisis, Enable yourself to remember that you've come through things like this in the past and you have a lifetime's worth of experience to prove that. It's just being able to see it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. It feels yep. like it makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense to me. And, oh, there we go. And I love what you said about trust because for me, mm-hmm. that was such a big piece of it that my brain was so busy and working so hard to fix everything all the time that yeah. it took it took a while for me to to build that muscle of stepping back you know when something happens i can trust that this is going to work itself out and <clears throat> there's a there's a greater intelligence at play here yeah so i don't need to really drive myself crazy it's challenging to come from you know everything is broken yeah. <laughs> to nothing is ever broken <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to how is my perception in any given moment and how is my ability to remember those two things anyway mm-hmm. yeah I, I like how you put that it, it, it is building the muscle it, it's not it's not something that you're necessarily trying to do but it, it does it's helpful to be conscious right or to be conscientious in your desire to look towards what is preferable to you what feels better and maybe that's all it is. Maybe the simple answer is just having the ability to look towards something that feels a little tiny bit better. It doesn't have to feel a lot better. Right. So, yeah. you know, things are down. I can look out the window and, oh yeah, the, you know, it's sunny. Well, maybe that's enough of a sliver to interrupt that, that momentum of thought that has us feeling low when with that interruption, that gives space for new thinking to come. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then as we allow more space, as we, I'm a big fan of appreciation. So as I appreciate, oh, it's green out, it's sunny, it's in, I can, you know, it, it, it just, it, it feeds a wellness, it feeds an aliveness into you. And, and that's kind of, and I might be jumping ahead in our question, but that kind of feels to me where life leans back. Okay. Yeah. Talk about that. it's, it's, It's that life leans back at the intersection of, that's not even an intersection, but life starts to lean back. The more fully you accept how it works and your role in your experience. So it feels to me that the more deeply I make my focus and my commitment to feeling good, not only does it ripple outward to everyone around me, but life seems to reward that. So, so there's something, there's something intrinsic to the interplay between an actualized or becoming actualized individual and how life rewards that. I, I'm I'm not articulating that quite right, but there's some kind of a convergence between me at my best and seeing the fullness of life at its best. It, it, it's almost like in those moments, the separation disappears, mm-hmm. right? So there's a full immersion, not of me as an individual anymore, but me as life, mm-hmm. not an aspect of life. So it's almost like when life, when you lean in with some intention Life leans back and in that coming together, one leaning in, one leaning back, there's no longer two things. Right. The appearance of of distinction or separation kind of vanishes. Mm -hmm. So that to me is kind of like life leaning back, right? Mm -hmm. It's, 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 there's a, there's a, there's a, dare I say this, a partnership with God. And, And I mean, God as in universal energy you know, formless, whatever language we want to use, but, but there's, there's something in, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm <laughs> back, I don't know if this is going to be on video or not, but there's a, like, I'm packing something and I can feel the energy in my fingers. And, and, and I think that's kind of what, um, what it feels like when, when we lean in and when life leans back, it, mm-hmm. it opens up. Um, what it does is removes barriers. So when life leans back, it's almost, it almost reminds you that it's trustworthy, that I can lean further. I can keep leaning further. I can keep leaning into what feels really good. And I'm going to keep getting more and more evidence that I should keep leaning and leaning and leaning. And, uh, and when those, yeah, the, and, and the possibility that becomes available there is just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's something quite incredible about what's possible when, and you use the terminology, when you're no longer a victim of life, but when you're partnered with, you know, and then even further, when you're no longer partnered with, you just are what becomes possible. It's just amazing. It's astounding how, how, how well, God, I hate to say this, how well designed it all is, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the, it's, it's really tipped in our favor if we can see it. Yes right? It's really, truly tipped in our favor. And, and again, maybe that's, you know, what I was trying to articulate with leaning back that we see that it is tipped in our favor. Mm -hmm. 
This has already been very thought-provoking. There might be another post in here somewhere, <laughs> Alexandra. So oh, thanks good. in advance for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I tend to like to use the analogy of either treading water, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of feeling like we have to work really hard to stay on the surface, or mm-hmm. f- when we float, learn to float on our backs when we're learning to swim. Right. And when we learn to float on our back, I just remember as a kid, it was really hard to trust that the water would hold me up right. and that yeah. it wouldn't come up yeah. over my face. That's the feeling <laughs> I really remember because right. it does come up quite high, but mm-hmm. it always holds you there, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I, I like that a lot. Um, and, and something that popped up for me is there, there's a stillness, right? Mm. So when you're lying back in the water and the water is like, you know, here, you have to be still. And if you're not still, the water comes over your face and it ends up in your nose and in your mouth and you end up <laughs> sputtering and you can't see. So, yeah, this, I like that. That's cool. I, I like that. That's a great metaphor. Um, yeah, nice. Very, yeah, very no, cool. you're you're completely very right. Cool. Yeah, it's when we really relax and get completely still. That's That's what makes it really easy to float on your back. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to trivialize anyone's effort or work, but it's, it's when you realize that doing less Mm -hmm. very often (laughs) is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've certainly never found my keys when I've been running around like an idiot looking to find them. It's always when I stop. Okay. Hold on. Oh, there they are. (laughs) Yes. You know, or worse, they're in my pocket or, you know, whatever it is. But it's like when we're, when we're, when we're treading water, when we're trying to stay afloat, when we're trying to do, it's just, it's so effortful. There's so much work and the payoff is, I mean, it's a bit of a segue, but I, I built my gym business with hard work and effort. It's not how I built my coaching business. Let me tell you, it's never how I'm going to build anything ever again. Mm. <laughs> so there's, um. I, I, I like that image of the floating. There's something very peaceful about that. Something very easy and effortless and okay and gentle. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So say more about the difference between um, building those two businesses. <laughs> oh, yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, the, the first one was built. So the gym was built in, um, uh, I got into that. So I used to run a martial arts club in the late nineties, uh, sorry, in the, in the early and mid two thousands. And then in 2006, seven, I started experimenting with this thing called CrossFit. We brought it into our martial arts studio. I brought it into, and then I opened up a boutique gym and we, we went from there. But the difference was that um, when I was building the gym and I, I mean, it was successful, it did, you know, Got a house, got, you know, it was fine, all good, but it took effort. It was hard work. And, and reflecting back on it now, when I think about it, it was always at its most successful when I was the least involved. Now that doesn't mean I wasn't doing things, but my involvement in the things that I was doing was coming from a place of inspiration rather than a place of Mm, 
necessity or, or thinking that this had to be done. And every time I fell into, well, I got to do this, I've got to do that, is when business lagged. And not just that business lagged, but my own well-being lagged. So the difference now is that uh, um, my coaching business is being built, has been built, is being built from the perspective that I'm actually partnering with God. <laughs> I'm not doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been effortless. I, I joke. I mean, I started the business, um, you know, unofficially in 2015. I knew in 2015 I was done with the gym. It took me four years to get out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, officially my, my coaching business started in 2019 and I laugh about it. Now I started it on my deck on, over the summer, sitting in the sun every day. And I still, my, my reminder or, or my, no, my reminder when I'm trying too hard at it is to go and sit back up on the deck and lounge and sit and read or be on the computer. But it, it's so that, so the fundamental difference is that I'm no longer trying to move pieces to give me something to make me happy. Well, I mean, that's my ultimate goal is just happy. It's, it's, it's all about being happy. It's all about becoming more of who I am. And I used to think that I could do that by manipulating the pieces that are external to me. And that just evaporated <laughs> rather quickly in, you know, September 18, 2015. So yeah, the, the, the difference is, is one of um, effort versus effortless of, trying versus allowing of of seeing that and i'm not sure this will be quite accurate but the truer i can be to what i believe i am the easier the things that i desire appear in my life you know um and a and a a sort of simple example is this cottage we have now well Julie and I have been talking about this. Well, I'm going to get a cottage. I don't know. They're expensive, right? It's expensive to buy a cottage. How do I? And we held it really, really loosely. Didn't really talk about it for, oh, probably well over a year. And then, <laughs> actually, this is funny because it happened out in BC. Julie's father came to visit um, when we were out over Christmas. And he says, you know what? we've got the guest cottage that we're renting out. We don't want to rent it out anymore. We want you to have it. Mm. <laughs> wow. So you're giving us waterfront property. That's just to be. So, you know, you asked about how the business building was different. It's been about allowing a true desire to come through without chasing it. Mm. So allowing the expression of what we wanted, we, well, we wanted a cottage. How are we going to get it? No idea. No stress about it. No trying, no, no plan kind of held it, let it go. And turns out that Julie's dad is the shortest distance or the, you know, to what we wanted. Um, yeah. So, so again, just the, the difference was, is, is one of trusting and allowing that, that things will work out versus thinking I'm the one who has to do anything. I built the gym and it was successful and I did it. And now the coaching business is growing. It's successful. 
and I don't feel like I did anything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a participant in this thing, this thing that's coming into creation. I, I'm, I'm a role player. I'm not the one who's trying to do it to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel, I've said this a few times now though. I, I feel like the coaching business has grown in, in partnership with life, mm-hmm. not by me trying to manipulate life. Right. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Um, well, I have a follow-up. Yeah. Oh, go for it. So, so you mentioned allowing things to happen a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. So does that include, that must include some action? Yes. Yeah. Um, it does. And the action, the distinction for me is that action then sort of pre-2015 action was a means to an end. It was something that I thought of that needed to be done. And I did it in the hopes that there would be a particular outcome for me. Action now from this place feels inspired. It feels like the action itself is worth doing but not because there's an outcome attached to it, just simply because I can feel that there's an action that wants to express itself. Mm. So, and I think what has tripped me up in the past was denying this inspired action to express itself. Mm -hmm. So I get this. So now back then it was planned. I got to do this, 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 and now it's like, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. So there is a, oh, excuse me. My apologies. That's okay. Um, so yeah, the, the, there. The, yeah, the, 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 the difference there in the action is that action now feels like it's coming through me. That it feels like I'm, I'm the express, I'm the, I'm the person that, um, supports the expression of the action, Mm. right? Rather than the doer of it. I mean, I am doing it, Mm -hmm. but it's it's, it's like, so this is, this might be a good example. The post that I wrote, Mm -hmm. well, that was an action. Mm -hmm. No idea where, no idea where it came from. Yeah. All of a sudden I was writing and I was like, oh my God, look what I've got. Hey, this is kind of cool. I, where did this come from? No idea. But I know that had I not put pen to paper, which is how I first write these things, I would have felt something. I would have felt the resistance of the lack of that expression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, action, action just feels different now. It, it feels like I can tell the difference between Ooh, this feels good. This is juicy. This is coming from more than me thinking, well, I want to get more clients into the gym, so I have to do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting question, and it's not something that I, that I have fully sort of hashed out yet. It just seems that 
action just kind of happens now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the key, at least for me, is that, uh, and this might capture it, I'm so comfortable, the majority of the time, I am supremely comfortable with who and what I am these days. So action is really easy. It mm-hmm. just kind of, it just happens. So I, I think inspired action comes when you're at home, when you're in partnership, when you're centered, when you're in a state of love or appreciation. Action is just, it's the obvious thing that has to happen. It, it just, it's just, it's just part of life kind of saying, okay, yeah, things are good. Awesome. This is what you're doing next. This is what's happening next. This is what's happening next. Mm-hmm. And and the word that comes to mind now is that the difference is that one is contrived in the hopes of, and mm-hmm. this has, there's nothing about, there's nothing contrived. There is just action for the sake of action. It's, 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 I mean, it's the cliche of enjoying the journey, mm. right? I mean, cliches have value because they're often true. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. Gosh, I could just go on and on, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And the, yeah, the difference I see, you use the word contrived. And I really yeah. like that because, you know, we tend to do things. If if I do this, then this, that, and the other thing will happen. I'm doing it for a reason. Yeah. And And what you're saying is that's not the way it is now. You just do the thing because it feels good and it, it feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost like I do the thing because not doing the thing isn't going to feel good. Right. Yeah. Right. So I mm-hmm. I, I, I did this experiment on myself. I, I I do this, and it was around action. And the thing that I set the first experiment was call my mom. I have a good relationship with my mom. We talk regularly, but I, I wanted to test this, inspire this action thing. So every time the thought came up, call your mom. I would call my mom. And I started to notice that when I didn't, when I had the thought, call your mom, and I didn't, it didn't feel good. Mm. So the lesson there was that somehow the action that wanted to express itself already knew it was going to feel good in its expression, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. I love hearing that you, you know, did that experiment. Oh yeah. Because that's that can be kind of a fun way to go going back to what we were saying earlier to le- to learning how to lean into what's what life has to offer. Yeah. Um I mean I I offer something now uh one of the programs I run is called the Joyful Life Project and it, there are six experiments all of which came sort of after 2015 and were in a way my way of testing the experience that i had mm. so there's, there's six of them they all start with a's it's kind of cool action is one <laughs> of allowing you know i've used some of those words um yeah. but uh, anyway i digress oh that's great well we're starting to run out of time so i want to yeah. ask you Quickly, is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to share before we wind up? So much. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. That's cheeky. Um, For anyone listening who hears this, um, there's a one in 28 trillion odds that you as yourself are here on this planet. Mm. 
And that's a miracle as far as I'm concerned. And that is worth noticing and paying attention to the, the you're here. And depending on how old you were, either sooner or later, you're not going to be here. And right now you have every capacity, potential and possibility available to you. If you, um, gosh, I hate to say this, if you get out of your own way. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that that would be my, I don't know. I guess that's sort of a, a closer for me. You know, you're a miracle. <laughs> I love it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, so nice. Michael, where can we find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So um, easiest is, is through my website, which is um, insightbasedcoaching.com. There is a, um, a rework happening, but uh, should be done imminently. Actually, we're, we're right there. Um, so through the contact pages there, you can also get me on Facebook, uh, Michael Fall. Uh, I have a, uh, a group on Facebook. It's a private group called um, The Roundtable, Coaching Life and the Three Principles. And uh, otherwise, you know, email at michael at insightbasedcoaching.com. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned the Joyful Life Coaching Project. The, the um, Joyful Life Project. Yeah. Joyful Life. Pro- Does that run periodically? Yeah, we, we're, we're sort of getting all the details hashed out. I've been running it for uh, young adults, actually, for barriered young adults, which has been really, really interesting. Um, mm. Very cool. So we're launching this um the joyful life project as a, uh, well, as an eight week program, uh, soon as well. And it'll run three times a year Great is the plan for it. And all the details are on the website as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me here today. It's been great chatting with you again. Yeah. Thank you, Alexander. I really appreciate the invite. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect. I'll see you next time.